Okay, what's the story, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. We have Ipswich and Charlton, and most importantly, Irish legend, Matt Reese Holland. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, pretty good, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a bit of a strange old world we're living in at the moment and getting by. I hope everyone's keeping safe and well. Yeah, it's same, same, same to yourself, Matt. Uh, it's uh, a crazy world that we're living in at the moment. And uh, people are missing the football, Matt, aren't they? They're not getting their fix, you know what I mean? You're not kidding. We're all missing our football. Um, I'm, used to, I'm used to sort of going to games uh, midweek, weekends. Uh, and, and the fact that you know, there's, there's nothing to watch at the moment, regurgitating old stuff. Um, trying to trying to sort of watch them as much as I possibly can on on Sky some of the old Premier League years and stuff. But even so, it's it's hard going without any um, live football at the moment. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. when you know the results. That's it's it's fishy, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? You're that's like, true. Here comes the goal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Actually, I mean, even even when you know the results and you watch it, you know, it's hard to watch the game again, isn't it? Even when you know the results. So yeah, yeah that's that's pretty tough. It is. But, uh, Matt, obviously you do a lot of punditry as well. Um, how are you keeping stimulated as well? I'm doing as many podcasts as I possibly can, guys. No, I'm joking. I don't, <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I am doing a few bits and pieces. I'm able to work from home. I've got like, um, a microphone and stuff set up here. So yeah. I've, done, I've done talk sport a couple of times from, from here. Um, the Premier League, who I work for as well, they, they've set up a thing called Cloudcast. Uh, and they're putting out a daily show, half an hour daily show every day as well. So I've got one of those lined up on Thursday, um, talking about captains. So that should be that should be good fun as well. So I'm doing a few bits and pieces. Um, my missus is keeping me busy. All the jobs, the gardens never look so, so tidy and nice. Yeah. Uh, and mucking out her horses and stuff. So I'm, I'm managing to keep busy. Yeah, you look like you have a bit of a tan as well. So you must be there a, a long while. <laughs> to be honest, it's a little bit burnt actually. <laughs> it was it was quite warm Sunday, and I was um, I was out in the garden with the boys playing playing football actually. That's and, great. And yeah, got got a bit burnt. How many boys do you have? Got two boys. Like. People can attend funerals. I have a little nine-month-old at home. Like, I was supposed to have a christening. Can't have that. You know what I mean? Like, my mum's birthday was the other day. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, I had to, like, go down and, like, wave to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, well, it's crazy. It yeah. is. If you're, born in, if you're born in April, it's a bit of a nightmare. My birthday's on Saturday. So, I, I, my missus always said, I, well, I haven't bought you anything. I said, no, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, we'll, we'll do something after, afterwards when it's... Uh, and we're able to get out of this lockdown. But yeah, if you're born in April, it's been a bit of a nightmare. Yeah. I know what you're fishing for, Matt. Okay, we'll join you for a Zoom call and have a beer with you. Don't oh, worry about it. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. We'll have a virtual beer. Brilliant. Yeah. If you could invite one more person into that for a beer, who would you invite in? One more here? Yeah. Oh, good question. Good question. That's somebody that's somebody has to try and make me laugh, wouldn't it? Um, crikey. Uh, try and make it entertaining. Who, who could we bring in? Um, Good question. Well, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to that. We'll All right, I'll ask you at the very end. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, first of all, it's been announced by the FAI that the new manager, Stephen Kenny, is after taking over from Mick McCarthy. Uh, what was meant to happen was Stephen Kenny was meant to take over after the Euros or if Ireland qualified or not. Uh, Mick McCarthy didn't get to see out the job. What are your sort of thoughts on this? Because obviously Mick McCarthy was your previous manager. Yeah, and I love Mick as well. Um, obviously, known Mick a long time and even... Even after uh, the Iron stuff, he was manager at Ipswich for six years as well. So, yeah. quite recently, I, I've been to Ipswich a few times and seen him there as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a shame, really, what's happened and how it's panned out because 
you know, I think he probably deserved the opportunity to, to see the job through. Uh, I personally would like to have seen him you know, keep the job for the playoffs and, and obviously if, if it went well then for the Euros next year as well. But that's not to be. Uh, I think he's, he's sort of decided himself that his contract's up. He's, he's going to walk away from it. Um, but I personally would have liked him to have seen the job through, really. I, I'm a massive fan of Mick. He's the most honest, loyal manager that you, you could ask for. So it's, it's a real shame that it's ended this way. Yeah. I actually thought the FAI were going to... I know they... First of all, I don't think they should have like, appointed, like said Stephen was going to take over. Uh, they, like, I just don't think that's how you run a club, being like, all right, the next manager is going to come in. But, uh, no, it, it, was, it was a strange one at the time, wasn't it? Because you know, what if Mick had qualified, the Euros had taken place this, this year, he'd done brilliantly. Yeah. Was it then, was it then goodbye, Mick? You, you know, you've done superbly, but actually you're still going. So it did seem strange to make that announcement as early as they did. Yeah, it was, it was almost like an interim manager job, really, except like a very, very long one. You know, when someone yeah. sort of like takes over for, you know, when someone gets sacked and like the assistant takes over for a while. But it was weirdly being that the interim manager had a better CV than the new manager coming in. Um, it, it, yeah, and, and actually, you know, you say interim manager, it was only 10 games. So it's quite a short tenure as well, really, in that respect. I know time-wise, hmm. it, it seems a long time, but... Actually, I think he's only in charge of 10 matches and he only lost one of the 10 as well. So it wasn't like he'd done a bad job either. I also think it's strange that the qualification period isn't over. So like he has those players playing a specific way. They have played Slovakia and then whoever else wins the other semi-final. I think it's between Northern Ireland and Wales, is it? Uh, Bosnia, isn't it? Or Bosnia, Bosnia, sorry. And and then like the winner has to play that. But now Stephen Kenny's first game in charge is going to be against Slovakia. And uh, it's actually not really a great place to start because, like, if you lose that game, then people are automatically going to be against him. And he obviously he doesn't have the reputation of international management or managing like Premier League players. Yes, it is a tough one. I, what I would say is, though, the decision's been made, and and you know, there's nothing we're going to do to change that now. So everyone should get behind Stephen and and, mm. and his team. Really, you know, obviously he's got some good guys alongside him as well, Damien and, and uh, yeah. Keith Andrews as well. So. Uh, we, you know, we need to get behind him and his team really, mm. and, and and try and focus on that game, um, because the most important thing is trying to qualify for the Euros, and, and obviously home games as well in Dublin. It'd be something special. I know that it'd be amazing. Do you, what? What do you think Stephen's going to bring to the team as well now, Matt? Because uh, obviously he's he's had the under twenty ones. Do you think he's actually going to move up some of the players, or do you think he's going to stick with the squad that Mick has been staying loyal to? It'd be it'd be interesting. I, you know, I think naturally when a new man comes in they want to do things slightly differently to the predecessor you know they have their own ideas about how they want to play they have their own preconceived ideas about individuals as well and what type of players they are so I think it's natural it'll come in and make some changes how big those changes are it'd be interesting to see but you know he'll obviously um, rely heavily on his, his staff as well and, he, and I'm sure he would be conversing with Mick you know, readily as well yeah. about getting his opinions on on individuals and players. So, but there's there's naturally going to be one or two changes. And look, there might be one or two of the younger ones who get an opportunity. It'd be interesting to see, though. Yeah. What what sort of changes would you make? Just like because obviously you're always keeping an eye on it. Um, what would I do? I think it's I think I think it's difficult. I mean, obviously, personnel wise, you know, the group isn't as big as we perhaps like it to be. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, I think goals has been the major problem, hasn't it, over the last yeah. couple of years? And that's the big thing now. I think there are one or two really good young young ones coming through. Now, Aaron Connolly, Adam Eder, Troy Parrott, there's one or two younger ones. Not quite ready yet, maybe. You know, Mick said he wasn't quite ready. Troy Parrott, for instance. Um, but that's that's been the biggest area of concern, really. And if we can try and sort that out, that'd be that'd be better. Yeah. Would you like to play with two up front, or do you, would you like the three? Difficult, really. I think it all depends on who you're coming up against and how the opposition play. You know, I think when you've got a team that's very strong in midfield, I think it's I think it's dangerous to play with just two central midfield players yeah. um, because I think the quality at international level is is such that you know you'd have to be a little bit careful about about playing two up top and and being a little bit exposed in midfield. Um, and it depends on who your two are in, in the centre of the pitch as well. Um, but it, I think it's horses for courses, really, and, and depends on who you're coming up against. Yeah, we're looking to have a very solid defence as well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, actually, personnel-wise, and you look at it, a lot of the, the players suit a, a back three. It'd be interesting mm. to see whether, yeah. whether you know, Stephen Kenny goes that way or not. But um, a lot of the lads play a back three at club level. Um, so, yeah. who, who knows? And let's see what he does with Seamus Coleman and uh, Matt Doherty as well. That's actually what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was, I was, I was like, I was like, what do you do there? Because obviously Seamus Coleman's the captain, but like Matt Doherty at club level arguably might be Ireland's best player. Yeah, I, I think I think in a back three you could play them both because I think Seamus has done it for Everton actually and played in a, you know almost coming into a back three position really at times. So mm. he could he could easily play in that in that role and it might actually suit him as well. Um, yeah, the energy that, that that Matt's got is frightening. You know the way mm. he bursts yeah. forward and he's you know and when goals are an issue. As they, as I said, they have been. He's good for a goal. Well, he's good for a goal, but you know, even even just by some of the runs that he makes, mm-hmm. he creates opportunities for others as well. So, I'd like, you know, I'd like him to play. You know, it's just it's just fitting him in. Really, he's used to playing in the back three and given that license to get forward. When he plays in the back four, it's slightly different, a bit more defensive responsibility and less chance to get forward. Um, but when he plays, he is good for a goal. Yeah. So who would you pair alongside? Obviously, John Egan's been incredible this year, Coleman. And then who would you have as your third centre-half, Kieran Clark? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Shane Duffy as well. Shane he's, Duffy. He's, yeah. he's been out of favour, though, at uh, Brighton he's been as well. He has been out of favour at Brighton. Um, I think that's more a case, really, of the way that Brighton play. You know, he's, he's mm. been a little bit of a victim of that because uh, Graham Potter wants his, his size to be able to you know, really comfortable at the back on the ball. And Adam Webster's someone who, who isn't that type of player as well at the back for Brighton. Mm. Um, and, he's, and he's gone with him more readily than, than Shane. But um, he's never let Ireland down. And he, yeah. he, no, he, definitely he come, not. And he's come up with some big goals as well. So yeah. I think it'd be hard, hard for him to be left out. Yeah, he's a, weapon at, he's a weapon in the box as well for corners and throw-ins. Yeah. If he yeah, had worried exactly. to that back. Well, that'd be nice. He, uh, <laughs> but but he's, he's, he is... Unbelievable in both boxes, you know, and, and and so I think that he'd be important for us still. And then I have to say, Ender Stevens has been an absolute revelation this year at Sheffield United. Like, what a player! I wasn't expecting. Like, he's knocked on the door for a team of the season this year. Yeah, he's been excellent, really excellent. I was at um, Sheffield. I'm trying to think of the game it was now, but he, he scored an absolute rocket uh, up at up at Sheffield just a few weeks back, uh, and he, he got taken off at half time. Actually, picked up an injury. Um, but he's he's someone who's really impressed me. I, in fairness, Sheffield United have been excellent, haven't they? The way that they they've attacked the Premier League yeah. this season, I think everyone you know yeah. has, has sort of been a bit surprised by it, really. 
uh, and no one perhaps anticipated how good they're gonna, they were going to be. Uh, but they've risen to the challenge, and he's one of those players that's really stood out. Hard work and dedication, that's what they're putting in. But uh, also, Matt, the, the, the midfield as well. What, what do you sort of make of the midfield, and who do you think Stephen will go with as well there? Because if, if you might play a three, you might play a two. It, it, it will be interesting to see, what, to see which way he goes. Um, I mean, I, I like Conor Harahan. I, I, I think yeah. he's, he's a player, again, someone, yeah, someone who gets a goal from midfield. You know, he's someone that, that will make those runs forward. I, I, I do like him and um, I think he's been a little bit hard done by at, at Villa as well. Not played as much as he perhaps mm. should have done at times this season. You know, I'm looking at Villa and the position that they're in and him, him and Jack Grealish have got a really good relationship as well. Mm. Yeah, you know, he's, he's, um, I think they get on quite well off the field. Yeah. And and you, you can tell that there's a good relationship on the pitch as well with those two. So I'm surprised that he hasn't played and featured more for Villa. Um, Jeff Hendricks obviously got good energy and, and, and someone who does, again, yeah. likes to get in the box at times. It, it, I don't know. I mean, look, look, that's obviously Stephen Kenny's decision and it'd be interesting to see yeah. which way he goes. But um, I think Connor's someone who, who perhaps deserves more of a chance. Yeah. Well, you won't be looking at your phone waiting for a call, no? I'm, I think I'm a bit too old for that. <laughs> uh, Glenn, we are going back. If, if it had seen me in the garden the other day, he definitely wouldn't be calling me. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Maybe um, cut, the, cut the grass on the pitch. Yeah, I could cut the grass. I could do that. I could put the corner flags out and get them out back afterwards as well. Maybe. Well, New ground. You know, uh, for, for me, sometimes I look over midfield and just go, it's like, you don't want to be too harsh, but like it is, it is a bit more standard. When you look at our defence, you're like, that's a very good defence. Like, that's like the international level. And then the midfield looks a bit standard. And then like, I can't always just help but think on, imagine we had Grealish and Rice. It'd be a different gravy. You know what I mean? But like, it, it doesn't always go that way for you. You know what I mean? You can't always, you know, ifs and buts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. it, it, it's incredible to see how far they've kicked on. Yeah. I mean, they, they're both really good players. I, I, don't, I don't think Declan's played as well this season as he did the previous year. No. Uh, I, I think he, you know, I think he's a, a terrifically talented player and he's, he's He's someone that's going to go to the top. You know, he's going to, he, he will leave West Ham and so will Jack Grealish. I think he'll leave, leave um, Villa as well in the summer. Uh, whether Declan Rice stays at West Ham another year or two, maybe. But Jack Grealish is getting to an age now where you feel as though he's ready to, to kick on. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, he's really impressed everybody, I think, this season. Um, yeah. He's keeping the, the head level, though. He, like, he seems off the field, he seems a bit of a mess right now, <laughs> well, <laughs> to say the least. He had, he had those, he had those uh, incident, didn't he, just a, uh, well, a week ago, or 10 days ago, whatever it was, while, while on lockdown. So, yeah, he needs to, he needs to be obviously be, be wary of that. And, and particularly mm. if you're going to play, you know, Man United have obviously been heavily linked with him. Mm. If you're going to play at a club like that, then the intensity and scrutiny on you is absolutely immense. So mm. you, you've got to be very careful about how you conduct yourself off the field as well. Do you think some teams will, will, would like, not be interested now or do you think they'll just overlook that and be like do you know what he's actually that good we should try, we can fix him you know what I mean I, I think you'd not be hesitant but I think it would it would play on your mind as a manager um, you'd, you'd look into it I mean when managers sign players one of the first things they do is they, they phone around and say what's he like because everyone can see what he's like as a player and what mm. he does on the pitch What's he like off the field? Is he going to disrupt things? Is he going to be a problem? And, and that sort of stuff. So that's one of the, the first things that a manager does, really, when he's looking to sign someone, yeah. tries to find out a bit of background. Well, about the thing the is, he is captain as well. That's well, he thing. is captain. And, and actually, you know, I think he looks like he's matured a lot in the last couple mm. of years. He does, he does appear that way. He's made a mistake and he's held his hands up. Um, he, knows he's, he knows he was wrong. 
but it, it is something that you would think about as a manager. But at the same time, is he, you also look at it and say, is he going to imp- improve us on the pitch? Mm. And, he, and he will improve a lot of teams on the pitch. Yeah. I think he's actually just seems to be a dangerous person with downtime. Because when he has a gaming week in, week out, he's never in trouble. But like, give him two or three weeks off and then next thing you know, he's in the paper. Yeah, well, don't let him have a summer then. Don't yeah. Let him have a summer off. Yeah. This, year, this year might be different, might it? Because he might be playing June and July and we might be back, the season might start again in August. And so he hasn't mm. got a break. This is his break now. And maybe he's learned. So we'll see. We will see. Absolutely. But uh, Matt, we obviously want to get into your football career as well. Because uh, it says here that you originally started with Arsenal. Is that correct? I was a kid, yeah. I was well. Actually, I, I actually started with Southampton's um, centre of excellence, and uh, I was uh, what age was with that? them. I was about I'm trying to think. I moved down to London when I was about nine, ten. Uh, about that ten, ten years of age, yeah. and then I, I spent a, a year or two training with them, and then uh, Arsenal watched me play, and I think like representative football, and, and sort of spoke to my dad on the sideline, asked me to go train with them. I was with them for a couple of years, and then at fourteen was told thanks but no thanks um were you playing midfield at uh, this time as well yeah yeah, yeah i was oh yeah i was always i was always central midfield i, I, yeah. I mean I, I played at the back and, and and different positions occasionally but ultimately my position was central midfield yeah. and um they said thanks but no thanks i mean it said i was too small it, it, it's a nice way of telling a 14 year old you're not quite good enough so that was that was uh, what happened then and then went back to playing sort of um, county football and, and local football and then um, it, it was actually Frank Lampard Senior who, who was watching me um, so Frank Lampard's dad was on the on the touchline one, one game um, and invited me to West Ham to go and train and went to West Ham played a couple of games in the youth team when I was about 14, 15 yeah. uh, and that was it ended up signing for West Ham at, at, um, my, my youth, did my youth team at West Ham from 16 uh, yeah. so yeah it was Frank Lampard's dad actually who was the first one to spot me they have a great academy. Uh, what other players were there at the time? Well, my actual year, the only one really that... that um, oh, Danny Williamson. Do you remember Danny Williamson? He played for Everton as well. I think he, he signed really for sort of one and a half million for, for Everton from West Ham. Uh, Darren Curry came through at that, that particular time. But if we're going a little bit sort of... Uh, because there was a, a group of lads coming through together. So there's Michael Carrick, yeah. Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, Frank Lampard. They were all coming through under the under the radar really sort of I was probably about three or four years older than them but there was always this talk about uh, that Rio's coming through uh, Joe Cole they've got these lads who are going to be first team footballers very soon so we were well aware that there's a, there a good group three or four years younger than where we were at that people were talking about from an early age yeah great uh, um, uh, you played a lot of games for Ipswich and a lot of games for Charlton do you have a preference over the two clubs <laughs> I think that's, that's that's putting me right on the spot, isn't it? I'm yeah, well, make... you know, like I, I, I want we have to ask some hard questions here. You know what I mean? Which is your favourite kid? Like I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. Which one's my favourite kid? That's a hard one. I mean, I had six years at both. Um, mm. Yeah, and I had some great times at both as well. I, I was uh, fortunate enough that I was captain for both of them. To, to, mm. um, in the Premier League, finished fifth with Ipswich, finished seventh with Charlton. Actually, we. With Charlton, we were sort of pushing for Champions League football. Scott Parker went in the in the January. He went to Chelsea, uh, but yeah. that season we, we we were pushing hard for European football. Ipswich, we were into the last game of the season actually, and I still had a chance of qualifying for the Champions League. Um, so that was that was pretty special as well. 
I, I, it's hard for me to say, and I wouldn't want to upset any either, either set of supporters. Um, but I had, I had six, six brilliant, very similar clubs actually, you know, real community based, um, good supporters. And um, I'm not going to answer your question. I've sat on the fence enough there. <laughs> I, think, I think Ross is asking because your uh, your Instagram picture is actually with the Ipswich jersey. I, I try and change it actually regularly just to try and keep everyone happy. There's an island jerseys one week, Charlton one the next, Ipswich. And then when I, when I change it, the amount of grief I get, honestly. Yeah. Oh, you, you look better in red, you look better in blue, you look better in green. Honestly, <laughs> what about, is, it, is that from Farnborough Town, lads, is it? Farnborough Town, lads, yeah. <laughs> wow. I actually played half a season at Farnborough on loan. Yeah, yeah. From um, West Ham. That was a good grounding, to be honest. It, it was... Um, non-league football against some ex-players who, who sort of, Graham Roberts used to be at Spurs he, he put me out for about six weeks one tackle playing against Enfield um, but that was a, that was a real good grounding and, and um, I actually really enjoyed my time there Yeah well uh, also while you were playing at Ipswich in 1999, uh, 1999 you got called for Ireland uh, how did that come about? So um, I I'd made George Burley, the Ipswich manager, aware of the fact that I could, I, you know, I wanted to play for Ireland or could play for Ireland. And I think he spoke to Mick um, at the time. Yeah. Uh, and Mick then came and watched me play a few times. And I got a phone call at home. Um, uh, <laughs> when your missus says it's Mick McCarthy on the phone, you think, you're, thinking, you're thinking the worst. You think it's one of the lads messing about. Of course it is. Yeah, right. So... I went onto the phone, yeah, one of those. And, and he said, that's Mick McCarthy. And then I realised it was Mick McCarthy. Yeah, very distinct um, voice. Very distinct voice. You see, although he's easy, I think he's easy to do impressions of. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Ian, Danter, Ian Danter at Talk Sport does a brilliant Mick McCarthy. You've got to listen to it. It's, it's Mick McCarthy. Yeah, there you are. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. And, um, and, and they asked me if I, I wanted to play. And I didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely, yeah. And he said, well, we've got to be international in three weeks' time uh, against the League of Ireland 11. I want you to play. Perfect. Um, and that was it, really. I, um, I played in that B game. Uh, I've read his book since, and he, and he said that I impressed him on the evening, and, and I was in a lot of squads after that. So it was, um, yeah, good. Yeah. Who did you make your debut against? Um, where was it? Uh, do you not know? Or are you... Are you... <laughs> it, was, it was against Macedonia. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. When we drew one all, and that was it in terms of the um, qualifying for two thousand. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So we uh, they equalised after I'd only been on the pitch about ten fifteen minutes, and they equalised with a header from a corner. You might remember ninety um, fourth minute or whatever it was. It was one of the. I mean, one of the lowest points of my island career, and that was my debut. It's madness, really, isn't it? Yeah. You don't still have that jersey hanging up, do you? So um, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it somewhere. Um, it's I seen one of the wardrobes. It's not. It's not one of. The, it's not one pride of place anyway. Now. Yeah, you've obviously scored a few goals for Ireland as well. Uh, who was your first goal against? Uh, that came against Portugal in qualifying. Nice. Um, that was yeah. That was a pretty special moment. It was only probably about my seventh or eighth cap as well, and and it, and it was obviously such a crucial goal because we were a goal behind in the game. I'd only come on at half time and, and the instruction at half time from Mick was was not to leave the back four really. He said just sit in front of the back four. Um, you know, you you just patrol there and don't really venture forward. And anyway, we went a goal behind about ten minutes into that um second half. And then uh, 
picked the ball up and it just opened up for me. I thought, well, why not have a shot and see what happens? And unfortunately, it found its way into the back of the net. And, and then Mick was quite stern after the, after the game. He came onto the pitch and he was looking a bit angry and, and said, I told you not to leave the back four. And then he had a little smile on his face. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. I thought he was going to have a go at me because I'd, I'd um, gone too far forward. And then, um, you know, we can't, we can't uh, talk about, without talking about the 2002 World Cup, Matt. Uh, 2002 World Cup, uh, what, what was the atmosphere like in the squad, obviously, uh, after Roy Keane went home? And can you tell us a bit about the Roy Keane incident, where you stood on it? Um, look, it was, it, it, it was a really sad moment, wasn't it? And, and, and one that, that no one can look back fondly on. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you're losing a player of his quality and ability and character you know mm. if if you asked every other international team they could pick one player from our squad who would they pick most of them would have gone well we'll have Roy no we had you know we had some real quality we had Shane Goal mm. um, Damien Robbie yeah. but a lot of those teams the other managers would have gone we'll have Roy in our team because of what he brings and and so t- for us to lose that mm. was was you know a big blow um, and and actually with regard to what he was saying and, and the, the grievances that he had, I think the whole squad agreed. You know, he, he, mm. the pitch the pitch we turned up to wasn't brilliant. The balls weren't there. The kit wasn't there. All that sort of stuff. I think a lot of us all agreed that that he was right to be you know upset about that. Um, what you have to remember is that the FAI don't quite have as much money as Man United did at the time, and, mm. or do now even, and and um, and and so never was, will. Well, never will, never will. But Roy was used to having the best. You know, at United, we went away for games and he'd get a private jet back from somewhere. Man United laid on. And we, we weren't, the FAI weren't going to do that for everyone to go back to their clubs, but Man United were able to do that. So he was used to having the very best. Um, so that was, that was a, obviously a, a massive thing for, for him. Um, what, what was probably wrong was the fact that him and Mick, I think, had had a conversation in private you know, Mick, I think, had apologised and said it's, it was wrong, it wasn't acceptable. Um, and then I think Roy, obviously doing the article in the paper, sort mm. of slamming the FAI, slamming the players, saying we accept second best and all that sort of stuff was was probably the wrong thing to do. In in mm. hindsight, he, 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 I'll say he probably agree. I don't know whether he would or not. Um, Paris, he's quite stubborn. He's, he's, well, yeah. he's not going to admit when he's wrong. Well, well I mean, yes, you've all got our strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> So, so I, I, you know, I thought it was probably you know, the, the wrong thing to do. Mick brought it up in a meeting. It all kicked off, clearly. And, and you know, Roy, we didn't see again. Yeah. Um, Dean Kiley sort of did quite well to sort of, you know, just soften the mood because he sort of stood up and said, don't worry. He said, he said I've, I've played centre midfield a few times. If you need someone else to play, <laughs> there, so, he said, it's absolutely, it's absolutely fine. So that sort of lightened the mood a little bit after Roy had gone. Um, Look, I think there was what, 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 what way did that departure go? Was like, was there like a vote, or did he just go, "That's it, I'm leaving"? Or what way know. did? It... No, Roy, Roy, Roy was off. That you know, that that was mm. it really. Um, and that two weeks was obviously a difficult couple of weeks. Then uh, that to the start of the tournament because there was a lot of pressure then really mm. on us because of what had happened. There was a lot of stories you know, back from back home. Luckily, we were protected from it really where we were mm. because we were a long way away from home. Didn't necessarily see all the papers. It's not like now where you, you've got. You know, your phones and you got instant yeah. access mm. to everything we didn't we didn't necessarily get that instant access to what was 
going on back home. So we, we weren't really aware of what was going on too much. It, was, it wasn't too bad. Um, but there was still a lot of pressure on us going into that first game. And, and you know, there, there was obviously the talk of you know, which camp were you in? Were you in mixed camp, Roy's camp, or wherever it might be? And so we needed to get off to a good start. And um, it, we, we didn't play well in that first game, really. Oh, the first half of the game against Cameroon. Cameroon. Yeah, but you scored the goal, though. Well, I did, yeah. <laughs> Half-time, t- half because in the build-up to the tournament, Mick had been talking about having no regrets. He'd been saying, you know, that, that's, that was our big mantra, really. And we had it all pinned up against the wall. No regrets, no regrets, no regrets. And at half-time, that was what he said. You know, that's all we've got is regrets because of how bad we'd been in that first half. Second half, we got the tempo. We got, we got a bit more on the front foot, a bit more attacking. Um, and I just managed to, to, to get forward and... and um, and, and yes, and score. So that was a that was a good moment. Yeah, we Ireland were actually, Ireland were actually good in that competition and uh, surpassed I think a lot of people's expectations. But what really let us down, obviously, was the penalty shooter against Spain. Because I actually thought we were the better side in the day. Well, obviously, yeah. what, did, what did you make of that game yourself? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I thought we were the better team that day as well, um, and probably deserved to go through. You yeah. know, so so yeah, that was that was just about the lowest moment. Um, Obviously, the Macedonia one was bad, but but the, the you know, missing a penalty was was pretty pretty low as well. So, um, yeah, well, at least you had the balls to step up and take it. Well, we we there was no sort of designated penalty takers as per se. We'd done penalties the day before in training um, and sort of practiced them. And I I I placed all my penalties, but I'd, I'd made my mind up that I wanted to strike the ball. I wanted to blast it and that's what I was doing in training the, the day before um, and then when it came to it and we were looking around and who's going to take them it was a case of who felt confident really where you know I, mm. I, I put my hand up and said yeah I, I felt like I had a good tournament I felt like I'd been playing well felt confident to take one uh, I've made my mind up I was going to blast it um, the walk up you know just thinking clean strike clean strike clean strike down the middle um, it, it was a clean strike, but just too clean, really. I had too much on it, and maybe the adrenaline or whatever it was, and got too much on it. Um, and that walk back was a long, long walk back. Um, that's as yeah, that's as low as I've been. In fairness, the lads were brilliant. I, I can't mm. speak highly. Nile Quinn straight away was the first one to me. I think when I walked back to the halfway line, arm around me. Um, uh, I actually got done taken for the drugs test after the game as well with with Robbie Keane. Um, and, and but the team waited a couple of hours for us um, to, to, to obviously provide our specimen, get back on the bus and go back. Then when I was back at the hotel, I just sort of collapsed in my room and really just didn't want to go out. I was on, in tears and on the phone to my missus, and and actually I, I, I you know I just wanted to, the world to just cave in really. Yeah. And then the door the door went and it was um, uh, Kevin Kilbam and and. He'd missed as well, and, and he sort of came in. We had a, not a bit of a cry together, but I was, I was like, I could, you know, I could feel myself in tears. But Kev went, listen, we're going out. Everyone's going out. We, you know, we had a good tournament. Come on. And I said, no, nah, I'm fine. I said, I'm just going to stay. He said, absolutely not. He said, you're coming out. We're all in it together. You know, anyone can miss a penalty. And that was it, really. I, we, had a, we had a good night out and ended up back at Michael Flatley's the next morning. So, <laughs> as, as you do. I did not expect that. <laughs> All dancing in Michael Flatley's house. We, well, yeah, we, 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 he had he had the whole top floor of an, um, one of the hotels, and there's about four or five of us ended up back at his apartment. So it was, um, yeah, ended up a decent night. 
I was actually getting a bit emotional there, Matt, and then like yeah. that, that just lightened the mood. <laughs> but, uh, Good. No, but Matt, but that, that was brilliant. But here, Matt, like obviously, like I've you've obviously played alongside Roy Keane. He was your partner in crime, you'd almost say, for the Irish team. Uh, I remember I met him once, and I was like so intimidated to talk to him. He was right beside Gary Neville. I was like, right, I'll talk to Gary. And then I came back, and I was like, I have to talk to Roy because like myself and Ross both put Manu, and I couldn't let that chance go. But uh, what was it like playing alongside Roy Keane, like the, the most decorated captain in the Premier League ever? He's a brilliant player. I mean, absolutely brilliant player. He always had time on the ball. You know, you think about midfield players, it's always helter-skelter, it's rushed. Roy was just almost serene and, had, and, and no one seemed to be able to get near him somehow at times. Um, if, you, if you said what was Roy's greatest strength in terms of his technical ability, you know, or was he the best in the Premier League at maybe long passing, shooting, heading, you might say no, really, to all of those things. Yeah. Um, but you add them all up. What an unbelievable player. I'll tell you what he was the best. I'll tell you what I, I thought he was the best at in, in the Premier League was um, that ability to play a ball 15, 20 yards through a midfield into a striker's feet. Just he always it. looked it, just the pace that he put his passes, the pace he put on, the, on his passes was unbelievable. And he dr- drilled that side foot pass into his front man's feet, the best I've ever seen. Um, and actually, he tested you all the time. You know, in training, he wanted to test you. He wanted to test your touch. In games, he would What's really... Right, in, tra- wha- in, tra- in training, would you make sure you're marketing, marketing him just to bring, just to get to see how you could compete? Well, I enjoyed, I enjoyed coming up against the best players, really. You know, mm. the challenge of playing against Roy Keane, Vieira and people like that. that it, it was always the challenge, really, for me. That's, it's what you sort of grew up wanting to be, really, play at the top level and play against the best. So the, that challenge was always a, a good one. Um, but in training, even, he would test you, though, like your touch and things like that. And uh, one game against Cyprus, we were 4-0 up and he passed the ball to me like he did to the front man, that pace on the ball, drove it into me. I miscontrolled it. They went on the attack. They had a shot. Shea saved it. And for two minutes, he's chasing me around the pitch, having a go at me. I, and I'm, I'm saying, Roy, we're 4-0 up. Just relax. You know, it's not, and it, but then that moment, you think, you know, that could have been one all in an important game where you give the ball away, they go and score, you lose it 2-1. And, and that winning mentality and that drive is, was so fierce um, that he dragged you along with him, if that yeah. makes sense. You know, you, you didn't want to, you, you said you're intimidated by him. You didn't want to let him down. You know, you, didn't, you thought, if I, if I make a mistake, he's going to have a go at me. He's going to go mad. And, and so you made sure that the next time you made sure you got hold of that ball and you, you, were, you were, you know, um, really precise in your, in your touch. And um, because he, he, he was so demanding. But that's, that, I mean, in a good way. Because, you know, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to win. And I'm competitive. I hate losing, whatever it is, even mm. now with the kids. I hate it. If I get beat, I'm, I'm grumpy. I hate, uh, you know, I hate it. <laughs> but Roy, Christ. I mean, if he, if, if he, if he lost anything, I mean, wow. Yeah, it'd be the end of the world, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, just before we wrap things up as well, Matt, uh, who's the best player you ever played against for Ireland? And who's the best player you ever played against in the Premier League? I mean, I always say, I always say, Roy was a great challenge. That midfield, that midfield actually for United generally. Um, Paul Scholes was some player as well. Him and Scholes at centre midfield. I mean, Beckham on the right. Day at the office. Well, Beckham on the right, Giggs on the left. 
and, and Skulls and Keane in midfield. I, 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 Skulls are so difficult to, to get close to as well. He, I mean, it, it, and, and he ghosted off you as well. You know, you, you talk about Frank Lampard, the way he got into the box and got himself goals. Skulls was the same, really. You think you've got him, and the next minute, because he didn't really, you know, he'd stand around. And you think, oh, it's, it's fine. He's sort of, he's doing his own little bit. And then all of a sudden he's gone. You think, Christ. We're, and him and Roy just seem to have time in that midfield. So they were always difficult to play against. Um, I'm trying to think for for Ireland, who I mean, we played we played against Brazil. I mean, we had some yeah, some some unbelievable games. Germany. Um, there were some really top players. I mean, I did my I did my um, thing the other day on Twitter. My greatest eleven that I played against, and some of the names. Honestly, I was just looking through it. Um, I mean, even Italy as well. I think we played Italy and, and Cannavaro and people like that. Seedorf. Honestly, that 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 Dutch team that we beat at um, Lansdowne. Yeah. when Jason scored. I mean, they had, they had some unbelievable players that day as well. So, very... He always talk about that goal, doesn't he? Mike Atier. That's, that's, that's all he's got to talk about, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he's, uh, he's brilliant, uh, Jason. He's brilliant. He's, he's brilliant, Jason. I absolutely love him. He's, he's such a character. Played up to it. He's not, he's not as dopey as he, as he likes to make out. He's, uh, he plays up to that trigger nickname at times. Um, but he's he's a great character and good good infectious personality to have around. And to, to, I just want to know about one other person, uh, Mark Kinsler. He, he's not actually that talk, much talked about. I don't think uh, you actually replaced him at Charlton as well. Uh, but when Roy Keane left, did you and Mark have a moment where you're like, right, I guess it's also instead of being one or the other? Well, maybe I don't know really. I mean, he. Uh, Mark and I actually got on really well anyway. We, we'd known each other a few years. We'd, we'd come up against each other in, um, in playoffs as well, Charlton mm. and Ipswich. Um, he'd, he'd been at um, Colchester, which is where I lived as well, uh, when I moved to Ipswich. So um, I knew his father-in-law uh, in Colchester anyway. So I knew Mark quite well. And um, we got on well off the field. So, mm. you know, and I think, you know, again complimented each other on the, on the pitch as well because he was, he was a fierce competitor. Um, he, he was someone that allowed me to make runs forward at times as well because Mark definitely was more, I would say, more, more of a defensive midfielder. I mean, he scored mm. a fair few goals in his career as well, but mm. he, he was someone that, that would probably just, you know, maybe sit a little bit more than I wanted to do. I wanted to get forward and get into the box at times. Um, so again, I think we, I think we compliment, complimented each other, and we, but we got on with, with each other as well. Yeah, Mark. Uh, sorry, Matt. The, the the last thing as well. Uh, have you? What is your like most prized jersey that you have? If if you had to get rid of every other one, what would be the one that you keep? Well, the FAI actually asked me to do that, and, and there's a, probably a video on the FAI website that's going to come out in a couple of days. But um, <laughs> so I'm going to preempt this. But um, the, uh, the jersey from the Cameroon game is pretty poignant, obviously because it was my first ever. You know, first ever time at a World Cup, mm. first game, scored in the game, but but I swapped shirts with Mark Vivian Foway, and I've got the two shirts side Rest by side, peace. side by side in the frame. Um, so that's that's something that will um, you know that that's a nice shirt to have, and, and obviously more poignant because of the fact that sadly he's not he's no longer with us, and, and he was such a good player as well. So so the fact that I was able to swap shirts with him, I've got the t- two shirts next to each other, is quite a nice moment. Yeah, and we have to bring a full circle now. We have to go back to Ross's question at the very beginning of the show. Yeah, the who would you bring on? Who who would be our fourth person? Do you know, Mac, I mean, McAteer would be a great laugh, honestly. I, I, I really would. He, he, 
it keep you entertained. I mean, honestly, he'd come out with stuff that you, you, you wouldn't imagine anyone could come out with, to be honest. Um, but as I say, I think he does play up to it a little bit. Yeah, uh, let's, let's bring Jason. I mean, now I've, now I've, I've sort of talked him up how funny he's going to be. Um, well, let's, let's bring Jason, eh? All right, cool. so what, what time are we have the beers on Saturday? So <laughs> um, <laughs> you, can, you can ring Maka. If the weather, if the, yeah, if the weather's nice, I'm going to do a barbecue as well. So if I can send you a virtual sausage and, and <laughs> burger as well, if you like. Unbelievable. Um, yeah? What, what else do you like on your barbecue? Oh, um, let me see now. Maybe a few grilled tomatoes, a uh, bit, bit of shrimp, you know, a bit, a bit of prawns steak, on there. Steak. Oh, yeah, a bit of steak can go down over yeah. Barry? Um, sounds, so I'm probably, I'll probably good do that about four or five o'clock with a couple of beers, maybe. How about that? No, no worries. Sounds good. Uh, Barry, you bring the salads. Yeah, Matt, that, sounds, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect, Matt. We'll make sure to wish you a happy birthday as well. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, first of all, Matt, thanks a million for coming on the show. You actually are an absolute legend for doing this as well. Uh, Ross, you have anything else to say before we wrap it up? No, Matt, just thanks for coming on. Uh, I'll never forget you scoring against Cameroon. It was one of the highlights because I was actually in Spain for at the time and I was like, I was like, this is incredible. I go, Ireland are brilliant. <laughs> it's a, listen, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. Everyone that's watching, keep, keep safe, keep well. It won't be long. Football will be back. Yeah, make sure to like, subscribe. And as always, stay energized. Stay energized.